0: Welcome to Speed Movie Minute, the podcast where we break down the 90s action classic speed one minute at a time.
1: And where we always try to stay above 50. I'll be your SWAT officer, Roger Wistar. And I am the Wildcat behind the wheel, Bentley Michaels. Yeah,
0: but you're very businesslike this week, so far I can tell. We've got a lot of serious stuff to do, so I appreciate that you're bringing that serious tone to the podcast this week. <laughs> This is minute seventy-seven of Speed. Uh, this minute starts with Jack struggling to avoid getting run over by the bus, um, and it ends with the bus crushing the little red sled. I feel sad.
1: Yeah, we get a couple R. slow R. motion R. shots.
0: R.I.P. the little red sled.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was uh, it was it was a valuable member of the cast for that, about that'll be the name of the episode.
1: R.I.P. Red Sled. <laughs> Well, speaking
0: of, uh, no, not speaking of anything. Um, let's, speaking of red so, sleds, let's talk about Pop Quiz Hotshot. That's right. That was a terrible transition. Gosh. <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about our pop quiz question from yesterday, which concerned the Atlanta music scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to you about a musician named Montero Lamar Hill, who's best known for his single Old Town Road. And I was wondering if you could tell me what is his professional stage name? Lil Nas X. Oh, there you go. That's good. Good for you, Bentley. I'm really happy to get you back on the winning streak. You were in danger of dipping below sixty percent there, but I feel like you've righted the ship.
1: Yeah, I was. I, um, I was. It's funny that you went. I mean, I suppose it's. I suppose it's mainly calculated on your part, but I thought maybe you were going to ask me about uh, Ti or Ludacris or Outcast. I could have asked you about all of those
0: things, but you know, Old Town Road it. Old Town Road now has the record for the
1: long for the longest time at the top of the Billboard charts. Did you know that? Did he sample that did he sample that song? Who? Uh Well Nas X. Did he sample that... Old Town Road and then like rap over it type of thing? No, that's his song. Oh, I well I know there but there's like an old seventies, you know, somebody like some country artist or somebody, you know, like a folk artist that had a songs like that. Oh, I don't know. I guess I haven't done that deep a dive into Old Town Road. I know it was on
0: top of the charts for 19 weeks, which is a record. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Um, and the, the story that I alluded to yesterday, if you go on, have you seen the Area 51 video for Old Town Road? Uh uh-uh. oh. Do you know what Area 51 is? You live out west. You must.
1: Yeah, I had a conspiracy theory podcast, Roger.
0: Well, sorry about that. Do you remember a couple of years ago? When there was this thing going around on Facebook, like, that we're all going to storm Area 51, they can't keep us all out?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember that stupid thing. We talked about it on the
0: podcast. After we record tonight, you should go Google Old Town Road Area 51, because, like, two weeks after this happened, Little Nas X drops a video, a parody video of Old Town Road that uh, is a parody of the raid on Area 51, and it is hilarious and okay the, one one of the funniest parts in this video is when you see because you know one of the things they said was if we naruto run they they will be able to dodge all the bullets and there's a scene in this video where you see a, a crowd of people naruto running led by wait for it keanu
1: reeves mm. that's hilarious it, it, it is you know a... what i think i have seen this video and i just looked it up And it's featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, so I think he sampled the Billy Ray Cyrus song. Maybe. Well, Billy, so
0: if I understand it, and again, I could get this wrong, I think Lil Nas X dropped the original version of Old Town Road, and then he and Billy Ray Cyrus got together and did like a cover A mashup or whatever? Yeah, and that's the version that that is, you know, Diamond Diamond
1: certified. That makes Um, sense. It's ridiculously popular. Yeah, and he kind of has the, uh, his his uh, cowboy outfit that he has on is very akin to Marty McFly in the third Back to the Future movie. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's got all those, those macho man danglies hanging off the arm and all that sort of stuff. What is the name of his Wild West? Is it Seamus? Yeah, Seamus. His, his,
0: like, Wild West relative?
1: Yeah, Seamus McFly. Seamus McFly.
0: And I like that Clint if I had to Eastwood. rank the back to
1: the future movies I would definitely rank them 1 3 2. You know, I used to I used to be of the exact same of the exact same mind. Uh and, but then now? I, I went on a kick and I would say it's in order. 1 2 3, that's fair. Yeah, it's like but, I I just I used to say 1 3 2 because like the the dark 85 stuff always bothered me. But the future stuff and then going back to 1955 and how they recreated all that I thought is really incredible. But I thought the the dark 85 stuff was was necessary because and also after reading the graphic novels, um, uh, the how how that's the biggest consequence that you could have with mucking with time is that you could ruin the entire thing like that. You know, Uh, you, you turn your childhood home into a hellscape dystopia. Yeah. I saw those when I was in high school. I I did the Universal Backlot tour and I saw those lion things. And it was weird to just see them sitting somewhere else and not in front of that road specifically in California, you know. It was just mm-hmm. weird to see them on the backlot and they had the they had the uh A DeLorean from the the movie um from the first movie uh, the hero car. They had it just cuz they had the ride and then they they shut the ride down and they just had the the car in the back and there's a whole cool documentary on the 35th anniversary about how these two guys bought the DeLorean. It had been, you know, infested with animals and people just taking stuff off of it. Cause it was just like sort of behind red ropes outside of the car. So people just pluck things from it and how they completely restored it. And like, it's oh, really, nice. it's, it's really cool. But, um, you know, let's, let's get back to our little red sled. The little yes, red sled yes. actually looks like a, I think I may have said this before. It looks like a half built go-kart for sure. <laughs> Um, but yep. we get some uh, we get some really cool stuff happening like underneath that, underneath the bus today. We we uh, we forgot to say that uh, our our two guys uh, run to the back of the bus to check for Jack, and we sort of see the end of that today. And then I get we get uh, at least I thought it was a funny visual joke. Is that uh, within about two seconds we get a we get a a hero shot of the bus because we haven't had one yet. And that sign that says good vibrations on it is like half hanging off of it now. And I just. Oh, that yeah. Me, that just made me laugh because it's like I'm like even the sign's sad the the sign's been having some problems as well. So no more good vibrations. <laughs>
0: no, I'm glad you mentioned. So, yeah. So at the end of the last minute and at the beginning of this minute, we've got Terry and Ray running to the back of the bus to try to find Jack. And so maybe we should just talk for a little bit because a big part of. This whole red sled, I think, is is the other people on the bus because, like, obviously Jack isn't on the bus right now. Um, I was gonna say yesterday. I think, I think this is a minute. I think this is a week where Annie really like takes command. Like she's yeah. in charge of the bus. She's telling people what to do. Like go yeah. to the back, look under the bus, get him his tools. Um, like she she is she's large and in charge. I was pretty impressed by her ability to like tell people what to do.
1: Yeah, and she can never seem to hear the responses the first time. She says what to every single one of them.
0: <laughs> well, there's that too. It's a balancing act. There's going to be a part this week where I just sort of am going to go off on, you know, more sh- shrieky Sandra Bullock, which I yeah. really detest, but we don't uh, get that in this minute. Uh, um, what we do get we is get, a really we cool get stunt. Alan Ruck. Alan Ruck with, I'm going to say, I'm going to count that as stunt work when he,
1: he I has so. to lean
0: over the same hole that Jack was looking at before Yeah, and that bus is moving fast. One thing I'll say, I feel like, uh, you know, we get some pretty good work from Alan Ruck, you know, where he, he basically has to like lean over the bus and like peer through the same hole that Jack was trying to look at before. Um, so let me ask you a question. Do you think that's Alan Ruck or a stunt man who's just really looks a lot like Alan Ruck?
1: Uh I mean I kind of think it's him honestly I do too like, cuz like I think there's enough side face and and like when he pops up his face is a little red or maybe I mean it, they do some great ADR with a guy in a in a wig that has a skinny like face like him or whatever but I genuinely thought it was him I do too but it could be like that great editing because I think it starts from him inside of the bus bending out of frame and then it cuts to the outside, yeah. And then it cuts to the outside, but I don't know. It just genuinely looks like his, his frame, his body, like that, that, and his sort of like movements. And I think it's safe enough to wear. Like, I think it's safe enough because it's a flat surface up there, so it's like he could be like strapped in because we don't see his waist or anything really. So, yeah, I think uh, he's, I think he's, I think that's him, and I think that's that's a pretty good, pretty good move by him. I think some great, uh, some great little like stunt work with the sled before we lose it is uh, right before Alan Ruck is where you see the sled teetering in front of that that broken back tire, the star, the star of the show, the back tires and like the feet sort of sliding back and forth. It's kind of got that you know that drifty thing that you know putting in some peril for old Keanu. Well, so that's the kind of scene where I'm a hundred percent sure that's a stuntman. Well, for sure. But okay. you know we're talking. But, but the stuntman isn't the star of the show. It's Keanu Reeves. Right, right, right. But but yeah, so... like he's got the he's his foot keeps hitting the the thing the uh, and all that sort of stuff. But like that is that is really cool. Like it's it's just like because again you can't fake it. That that guy's feet were right there. That you know, and it's a little forced perspective because they're behind him a little bit. Like once he gets starts like drifting a little bit more, but it's a. Uh, uh, you know, it's some good stuff. And as far as the, um, you had said something about yesterday about shooting under the bus. Just you can kind of see it a little bit more, both with the stunt man and with what Keanu's doing. It looks like the, for lack of a better term, they made like a bus bed bed frame type of thing. And they just have like probably the center of it is like where the center like it's because it, it looks like it has poles on either side. So it probably has like three or four poles. There's probably a center one where they're connected to. There's one. And that's what the sled's connected to. And then like because you kind of like jungle gyms like, you know, you climbing up into it. But if you look at like the bus framing, it looks fairly empty and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it looks sort of like a frame that might be. Like sort of put on top of a, a another car and not an actual bus, or maybe it's the raised bus, but it looked a little. Well, it jumbled. is. I mean, it is the raised bus, but I think they did build all these things you described. Yeah, but it's uh, it's really cool. Like the like you said yesterday, and throughout the entire week, um, because it, well, it also it it has to there has to be some sort of set because there are several shots where it's directly over. So unless they rip the floor out of that bus. There's, there's like, Keanu's got a metal bar in front of his face in a couple of shots and he's going back and forth, but it's directly over him. It's not in an angle. So there had to be some sort of, uh, you know, more of like a stunt set or something like that. Yeah. I think the shots where you are looking down at Keanu are
0: probably in a stationary bus or something that isn't even a bus. Oh, really? Um, but they do such a good job, I think of like they do such a good job of just selling it to you for a split second and moving the camera i mean that's one of the things that jan debant talks a lot about in the documentary and you know for what it's worth if you make the camera move it really creates a lot of motion in the scene and the camera in speed is always moving uh and so i think you can get away with that in a a shot of top-down keanu which isn't even connected to a bus Because the camera's moving, and it was moving a split second ago under the bus, your mind just, like, stitches the two things
1: together. Yeah, but if you look, you see the—you see Road moving, like, up above his head. They probably—but they probably just had, like, a framing, and he was attached to a rig type of thing. Oh, I see. You know what? You're right. I take it all back. (laughs) But, again, it could have been one of the 12 buses where it was like, this is is stunt bus for these shots where we cut out, like, the whole—you know, they have, like, a rig above it and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah.
0: Nope, that's a, a good point, too.
1: Um, I mean, if they're, if they're attaching plexiglass stuff to the front and they got a, a, a remote driver in the back, who's to say they didn't cut out a, a hole in the floor in a bus? Well, yeah, and as it turns out, we'll, we'll talk about this later when we
0: start hauling Keanu up through this access panel. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have, so <laughs> I have two sort of major quibbles with the action we see in this minute. One, if you're running this police truck with this giant winch. Like, why are you trusting the life of your officer to what appears to be like a 79 cent nut that you could get at the local hardware store? <laughs> like yeah. they they really don't do a good job of attaching this cable to the winch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's probably old man and they and they weren't expecting to be towing action superstar. But it is funny. Like it they they almost there's two spots where they kind of slow down the action this week. They do a little slow-mo. One is just like a split second of that of that bolt popping off. And the other is like the slow motion of him stabbing the gas tank with the, uh, with the screwdriver. I'm glad
0: you wrote that down. Cause I was going to ask you about that. What did you, what did you think about the slow-mo in this minute? Uh,
1: it threw me off a little bit. Uh, by the way, throughout this entire episode, key on his biceps look great. Uh, but it did throw me a little bit just because like, I understand why, They did it, you know, because it it was probably super fast and everything else has been moving super fast that they do the slow motion of the arm going up and then they cut to the actual tank and the hand or whatever. So, like, I get it to a certain extent, you know, but I think you could have just, like, prepped it a little bit better, had that shot of him being a little bit longer, like, have him grab the screwdriver and then do that and then cut to the thing going in rather than it being... Because even though it's a quick cut, like we've been doing quick cuts throughout this entire thing, having then that quick cut to like a moment, you know, was kind of like, oh, that's weird. Like it felt visually weird because everything else has been moving so fast that I definitely took notice of it. Um, The screw popping off, that that one didn't really bother me because they didn't do it as slow, but it was enough to where, and it almost looks like, and it probably isn't, but it almost looks like there's a spark or a. On that on that nut popping off on the thing, like, no, there's not. I, they, But they just slowed it down enough to where it pops off. Uh, but, uh, you know, so you could definitely tell what it was. And, again, I think it was just a, a thing for, for, for the filmmaking. But I think they, again, they just, if they just had him reach into his tactical vest, you know, pulled out his Mentos and then pop that screwdriver out, I think it would have accomplished the same thing as doing slow motion.
0: Thank God he knows the right pocket to go into. What if yeah. he had tried to pull out his victory, gar- victory cigar and stab that? Like, oh, the this gas will tank.
1: never work! Oh man, that would have gone really badly. Um, he throws the yeah, victory and- cigar, and then somebody runs over that later, and then we have a whole deba- debacle at airport caused by cigar on on runway. I mean, he stabs the gas tank,
0: and mm-hmm. so we'll be, we're going to be talking about leaking gas for the rest of the week. Which, in I think it's, I mean, it's it's a fun. It's a fun plot device. Yeah. You could argue that it's completely irrelevant because if it were actually a problem, the bus would have run out of gas like about 10 minutes before it hits the plane. So it's not. It's just designed to make us feel more stress.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah, it is a really good it is a really good plot device because now we're in the you know, we're we're in the third act in and- you know, the entire movie has been like, don't go below 50, but now it seems far too easy. We're going to figure it out, out here on the straightaway or whatever, you know, as we're doing loops around. But now there's a ticking clock. That's right. That's right. And Jan de
0: Bont does go out of his way to point out that there is a ticking clock in his commentary that, that the, the gas gauge essentially tells it's, it's the, the life, the lifespan of the bus.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, for sure. Um. Man,
0: poor Annie. Like, first she sees her best friend get blown up on the steps, and then she thinks she literally has like run over her new boyfriend. Like, she's having a rough day. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, and she already ran over Helen, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, she's a, she's got a, she's got a double, she's got already got like a single body count with that back tire. Yeah, which is, it's, it's,
0: yeah, it's going to lead to shrieky Annie tomorrow. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll ah, get to
1: that doesn't bother well, me
0: uh what else you got you got anything else in this minute
1: um no the but uh more more of what you were saying yesterday is that the uh the bus passengers uh near the end of this you know they're starting to rally more um because you know he pulls himself up we you know rip red sled that's gone she she has a good reaction you know everyone's Now all of a sudden Ortiz was like, oh, the access panel. But then everyone kind of like rushes like to gather around him. Uh, Whereas before, I don't know, maybe it's just one of those, you know, in the moment things where it's like, look under the bus over here where where you can see it rather than. And maybe they also don't know. Maybe they're also kind of thinking if I lift the access panel, maybe it'll blow up. But now we don't care type of thing. Let's get this guy in here, you know, type of vibe. I know what you're saying and I actually agree
0: with you and I noted that too. It's like, well, if you could look under the middle of the bus this whole time, why did you waste time looking under the parts of the bus where Jack wasn't?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's okay. That's okay. The the only other thing I want to say that I guess we could say about this whole week is I feel like I feel like the score um in this in this part in in the the sled sled crisis uh minutes yeah um is really great uh mm-hmm. i i noted he makes really interesting use of like i guess it's like synth piano um mm-hmm. i think it's it's the part where it goes like and it yeah like it it gets it gets me stressed
1: yeah that's like uh it's a staccato movement that like is meant to like you know tons of composers do it uh they but like you know they they'll do like the same sort of thing Danny Elfman uses a lot Bernard Herrmann used it a lot you know it's that sort of yeah it's the same thing and then all of a sudden you have other stuff playing over it but there's that weird tension and they usually do some weird you know sort of like tension chord or whatever some minor something or other and then it's like they play you know a different uh, a different like a uh, sort of like relative uh uh chord set over it and but you just have that weird icky feeling because of the 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 sort of off sound of the initial thing or whatever
0: yeah it's uh it's. it's i mean it's, it's kind of
1: i mean it's like john carpenter did that like with that's his what i was gonna say it sounds like
0: the theme from like halloween
1: yeah yeah it's yep. got a lot of and it was back in because you know yeah this was 93 probably when he made the score uh so you know there's yeah they were still using a lot of like live orchestras but the synth thing was coming into more prevalence because of like, uh, lower end movies, uh, uh, that like, you know, have lower budgets or whatever, you know, something like a Wayne's world or whatever, where, you know, if you're going to do something, you probably try to synth it. And, uh, but then also, yeah, that John Carpenter stuff, like you can get that tension out of like a, a weird synth pad on a keyboard for sure. I'm glad I, I'm glad I
0: threw that to you because you are our musical expert. <laughs> something like that
1: I'm good. anything else? no nah.
0: alright for our pop quiz today Bentley um, I actually have a question for you about the bus okay and I think it's, it's surprising but I think this is so this is minute 77 I don't think we've actually really talked about the bus like what kind of bus it is so I have a trivia question for you I'm not going to lie I think it's pretty hard but I'm going to no. give it to you anyway um so in the in the internet movie car database which is where you can find out anything about any automobile you'd ever want to know nice. so this bus and the other 11 iterations of it are uh a 9 they're the 1966 gmc tdh 5303 that's the uh-huh. bus model that we're dealing with here and my question for you is what do any of those three initials in the name of the bus mean so the t the d or the h i'll tell you what just to make life easy i'll give you a guess for each one of them at the beginning of tomorrow's episode and if you just have to get one of them right what does it mean that this is a tdh
1: 5303 okay yeah i knew it was a gmc but that's only because of our logo (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry. I can't give you that. Everybody knows that's General Motors Corporation. I'm not going to give you General that. General Motors
1: Corporation. Corporation. We'll, yep, we'll have okay. to wait
0: till tomorrow to find out. So let's uh, right,
1: Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> well, thank you all very much for joining us on today's Speed Movie Minute. Make sure that you've uh, liked, subscribed, rated the show. And uh, we'll give you a shout out if you leave a review. we truly appreciate it. it Help us gain the algorithm. You know, uh, do you know things about uh, buses? Speedmoviemin at gmail.com. And uh, the Facebook group, Bus 2525. where We've had some really good interaction going on lately. So, you know, come on in, join us, have some fun, talk about speed. Uh, You can play along with every Pop Quiz hotshot, specifically on our Spotify feed or on our Anchor page. And the winner gets to do a bonus episode of Trivia with moi. All the links are in the show notes, and we will be back tomorrow for hump day. But until then, Sam Silver, the bus driver, so wisely said, this ain't no bus stop.